today, we're looking forward to another slice of the Premier League, which currently has cherries on top, some half-baked business in the middle, and plenty of crumble down the bottom. Mmm. Can Arsenal get their first point? Will City drop theirs? And, speaking of cherries, abroad, what's all this about Henri pushing his love over the Bordeaux line? It's the Totally Football Show. And joining you and me today, listener, I'm delighted to say we've got James Horncastle. Hello. Hi, James. The eerily prescient Julian Laurent. Bonjour. Who's got some words he wants to say to Crystal Palace fans. Yes. And Richarlison. Not so much Richarlison, because I I don't think he he will keep that up. Really? That kind of form. Okay. Um, And I still think they overpaid for him, but... When he's keeping Neymar at the Brazil side. Yeah, I'm sure. And William and Coutinho and all the rest. And Crystal Palace fan, I'm sorry if I, I didn't want to offend anyone. I, right. I I like your club. I don't mind. I even I even sort of like your. Do you still think Palace are going down, Jules? See, I think yeah. I think they're, they're. I don't think it would be an easy season for them at all. All right, we'll talk more about the real reasons for uh, Jules's bizarre <laughs> anti-Palace agenda later on. <laughs> it's shocking stuff, though, listeners. Make sure you stay with us for that, and above all, for David, shoot for my face. Priest, what? excuse me, David. What? Your, your, Even I've not heard this story. Well, this is your goalkeeping ah, right, uh, okay. penalty. Yeah, I, did, I heard it last week. Yeah. Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me but, back anyway. No, not at all. I enjoyed your piece, by the way, in the Sunland Echo, where you were um, bemoaning the absence of physical contact from football. But I loved how the article kind of swiftly descended actually into a, a tribute piece to kind of great straight to DVD action flicks of the yeah. 90s. I could have sworn that. Uh, Excessive Force would have been a Steven Seagal movie from the 90s. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It, it is actually a movie. Is it? From 1993, starring uh, James Earl Jones. Okay, yeah. Excessive Force. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And you cite another film, which I've not seen, but I've watched a bit of after hearing you know, little excerpts like this. Karate is not to be used aggressively. But if I have no other choice... No retreat, no surrender, uh, which you reckon is, is probably the classic of the genre. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So what happens in No Retreat, No Surrender? It's kind of like um, every other sort of martial arts movie, you know, like a bit like Karate Kid. It was a forerunner for Karate Kid, really. So this was, I think, '86. This came out, and it features a debut appearance from Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's actually a f- he plays a Russian. A favourite of yours. Some of the reviews I read online not so enthusiastic. Van Damme is introduced in the ring as Ivan Kruzinski, and then in the credits it says the character is called Karl Bresdin. I expect better from such a well-acted, high-quality <laughs> production. I'm, I'm eager to watch that now. Yeah, yeah, no, you do. No retreat, no surrender. You're listening to The Totally Football Show, sponsored by Paddy Power, the home of the Money Back Special. Keep listening to the end of the podcast to find out more. Feet are going to be flying in the Premier League's dojo this weekend. It all kicks off, of course, at Wolves. Wolves hosting Manchester City. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Sergio Aguero for the City record books out on his own. Oh, you bet with a paninka. That's right, everybody. That was the sound of Wolves taking City two penalties in the Carabao Cup. Sam Barr says, can you see a repeat performance of that? But no, because you'd have penalties in the, the Premier League. <laughs> But, Julian, what are the odds on Wolves pulling off a major shock against the champions? Um, still limited, I think. I, I just think City... You know, people, people said before the Arsenal game, for example, oh, maybe it's a good time to play City because it's the start of the, of the new season, because you know, they, they probably did their, their, their fitness work before the season to be at peak a mm-hmm. bit later in the season and not so much now. They, they're still working hard physically. And all those kind of things, which which you know would be true for a lot of big clubs, and yet City seemed even stronger than they were last year. I think in that game against Wolves last year, they prob- there was probably a bit of complacency involved, and Pep rotated the squad for that game as well. So it was not, you know, it, the context was very different to this one there. Uh, and 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 I think that Wolves have showed so, for for all the good players they've had, and and you know obviously the momentum 
coming into the Premier League after so long and, and the season they had last year, I still think they showed their limits last weekend but, but sure. in the game and, and that it would be very hard for them. In the last two seasons, yes. the Premier League champions have lost when they've gone away to the winners of the championship. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, that, that's and true. But Leicester losing to Burnley in 2016-17. Chelsea defeated 3-0 by but, Newcastle. But they were not City. Year. They were like City, City are machine. Come on, this is the Premier League, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the biggest difference is that they're going to be using a Nike ball and not a Mitre Delta ball. Why is that we, the biggest difference? Because that was uh, a big gripe of Pep's last yeah, season. Pep was not happy, he yeah. said they, they couldn't. He said they, they shouldn't use those balls in the <laughs> AFL and they couldn't kick the ball properly. And that's why the uh, I think it was nil nil after after ninety minutes. Wolves should try and do what I, I believe this used to happen in 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 Serie A, where one of the big clubs uh, didn't like the ball. So they would kick it out of play and then the ball boys would throw on a smaller ball which they would prefer to play what? with. What so what, what Wolves should do what is the kick point? the ball out of play, throw the mitre delta on <laughs> and then and Just even, even, even crowing it a bit to make it look like an yeah. icky one. Yeah, That's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they've conceded two goals in both their games so far against Leicester and and Everton. So a busy afternoon perhaps in prospect for Rui Patricio, David. Yeah, he hasn't really been given a chance to, to shine, but I watched the uh, the first game against Everton, looked solid, couldn't really do much of the goals, but it doesn't matter who, who they're playing against, what the score is, Wolves are just an entertaining side to watch. As for City, there's a lot of talk about them having a goalkeeping crisis, which mm. they've taken steps to avert this following Claudio Bravo's season-long injury. Yeah. Chat. They've brought, the name of the fellow they brought back from... Aro Murich. Thank you very much. Do you know much about him? He's highly thought of, actually. He's probably ahead of Daniel Grimshaw, who's mm-hmm. the current number two, uh, sort of development-wise. So they, they sent him out uh, to Knackbrader in Holland, to the one of their sister clubs. And of all the years, they actually get rid of Joe Hart. Yeah, yeah. but do, do you know what? Their, their sort of uh, philosophy now is to... In the summer, they could have brought in a, a Rob Green or or, or get a Lee the, Grant. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Could have brought in the best over thirty-five money could buy, but they mm. didn't. They want a, they've got a, an actually a good sort of a stock of good young keepers. Okay. And, and when they want to attract goalkeepers to the club, they they want to be seen uh, to be given a, a little bit more of a pathway rather than be stopped by a forty-year-old who hasn't played for three or four years. How old's Richard Wright now? Isn't he their goalkeeping coach? He's the assistant to Xabi Manchester. Okay. the uh, goalkeeping coach. Yeah. Pull the gloves on. Imagine, Richard. imagine you received a call in the summer from Pep asking you to just like come and help. Well, do you know what? That's what happened to Rob uh, Rob Green though. Mm. Rob Green uh, on the Friday morning was actually sat with uh, his advisor sorting out his pension and his retirement plan and what was he's going to do going forward. I love the story that Matt Davis had when uh, we were talking about Chelsea's training and he said that Rob Green had said, yeah, one of the things that really attracted me to this move to Chelsea was the, the chance to experience Maurizio Sarri's training, like Rob Green approaching 40. Mm, shall I take this <laughs> Premier League call-up? The training might be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you share Julian's uh, pessimistic outlook on uh, Wolves' chances of of stopping City? No, um, I think why? Well, just because I I, I like the way that they play. In mm-hmm. against Man City, are a different level to everyone else. Of course, they are on the way that they play, but ordinarily the teams that you that do play a type of football, you get that chance to play against them as well. City maybe is a little bit different because the the pressing game so good as well, but. Think they they've got the players to be able to do that and to take advantage of anything you know if they do win the ball early, that to move it through the uh, the departments quickly. I like Martinho and Neves in uh, in midfield. Mm. You, you think they would lack sort of any steel or sort of like any cover for the for the three settled defenders, even though Cordy can can move into the middle there to to cover them both. But it's uh, the, the two of them just on the ball are just. In that Everton game, they're just a joy to watch. James City, City, yes. Okay, a couple of quick questions here, just on a City note. Steve Bridge says, with City having a crisis of keepers, what's the best outfielder playing in goal you've ever seen? Carl Shutt, no question. Ex Leeds, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, he, he, I played with him at Darlington, mm. and he came on twice with me. I got sent off once at Brighton after thirty minutes, mm. and he kept a clean sheet. It was a shutout. He finished nil nil. Very good, and um, good call. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, yeah, and then I got uh, I got taken off. I think against Exeter. Right. I had seven stitches in this eye, oh. and uh, and he kept a clean sheet there. Oh, and it was magnificent against Brighton. They still they, right. Okay. Ma- absolutely magnificent. Brilliant. Uh, amongst players that I might have seen in action, <laughs> when Rooney he, he scored the, he scored the winning goal against uh, Barcelona. Oh, did he? Yeah, I'm sure he did. Okay. For yeah. Leeds. Carl yeah. Carl when, Sh- yeah. When Rooney is a very good goalkeeper. Is he? Yeah. 
he used to go a lot in goals with when he was training with England, even with United. At, at the end of training, you know, when you mess around and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. he used to be good. I play with a guy called Robbie Winters. Mm-hmm. Do you know Robbie Winters? Of Dundee United. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, yeah that's of the, Ramberger. That's yeah, Ramberger. Yeah, yeah, Ramberger. Yeah, yeah, I know. I remember so, him. Uh, it, I think it was na- oh, the 2000 Scottish Cup final. Mm. Uh, Aberdeen against Celtic. We didn't go with a goalkeeper on the bench. What? I wasn't on the bench. I was right. up in the stand. And we, there was only three subs at the time. And Jim Layton went off. Uh, after five minutes, with a, uh, I think he had, his jaw brought in three places from um, Rod Wallace and Robbie had to spe- uh, he spent eighty five minutes in goal in a Scottish Cup final. Wow, how's it, how did he do? Lost four nil. Oh. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, no, no happy ending. Jules, what's the greatest outfield player going in goal story? It has to be uh, Mutti, the the, the Ludogorets defender who in the Champions League qualifier uh, when the when his goalkeeper was sent off when in goal. And then through the penalty shootout, saved two pens, maybe? James, yeah. one or two for sure. And then scored the winner himself, which was, it must have been an incredible feeling. Absolutely. Or, of course, the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the fan from the crowd. I feel we might be <laughs> reprising a conversation we had, yeah, we had before. on the podcast last season. Uh, hey, let's move on then. After this, oh, it's Liverpool Brighton. Did you think over our proposal, Mr. Stillwell? Yes, I did. And I'm sorry you came all the way from New York to nothing. And I don't want to waste any more of your time. Meaning? Meaning. I must decline your offer. Ooh, the look Jean-Claude Van Damme just gave him. That was a negotiation from the transfer window. (laughs) (laughs) Ted Woodward. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the sweet sound of No Retreat, No Surrender, which is available on YouTube, but full HD. I'm not sure copyright-wise how we are, but I'd get on that while you may. Since last time we spoke, Liverpool went to your friend's palace. (laughs) And it turned out, Jules... It turned out, at least somebody knows what they're talking about, it turned out exactly like Sasha's prediction, 2-0, a win for uh, Liverpool. James Milder with a penalty, Manny then late on, after Salah had kind of wobbled over a couple of times and one Bissaka had been sent off. Hmm? It was a penalty. It was a yeah, horrendous I defender. Well. I it Which, well. the first one? Sacco. The Sacco on yeah, Salah, yeah? defender. Not for Roy Hodgson. Yeah, Roy said ah. pe- we were caught... Caught by the decisions, or that yeah, sure. he went all. He almost went full Gigi Buffon on on Michael Oliver, mm. you know, <laughs> suggesting he should be in the yeah. stands with his his can of Sprite and his uh, and his Fruit Loops. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll talk about Palace and their performance, which you know wasn't without merit. Uh, later on, when we, we we touch on their game coming up this weekend, but in terms of Liverpool, what was more impressive, this kind of grinded out performance or all the whiz bang stuff against West Ham? Well, I think it's encouraging that they can show two sides. Um, you know, blow uh, West Ham away, but also kind of grind out, kind of gritty, gritty win away at a, a place where they've they've occasionally had difficulty. Yeah. So you know, I think uh, and Mane's just... finish was 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 fantastic. I know it was late, and Palace were looking for an equaliser, but the way he stays on his feet, yeah. um, to to put that away, just magnificent. It's it's typically the kind of game where they they would have struggled maybe in the past to you know to to break the deadlock and to find a way of scoring or even created chances. I thought mm. they had. You know, they had a lot of the ball, which we expected, but they, they, they find a way to create things. And and I think Nabi Keita would help a lot in that. I think James Milner's What, what form, a turn that was yeah. on Aaron Townsend. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, just, yeah, so I think... played really well as well. Yeah. And he still he produced the header on the on the Crystal Palace, what was it, corner, which mm. led to the breakaway move where... Uh, that was when Wan Bissaka got sent still, off. You yeah. know, it's still very early, I think, to incorporate someone like Nabi Keita. We, mm. we, know, we look at City and say, OK, they're, they're stronger than they were last season. They're already better. It looked like what they were last season, which mm. is, you know, an achievement in itself, although it's just two games. But, but for Liverpool, there was always going to be like, OK, how you put Nabi Keita in this team? Would you have Salah? There, there was a lot of questions as well to be answered. And it's still very early in the season, but it looks like already things are in place and can only improve from now on, you think. Right, they've yet to concede a goal in the league, yet to use Fabinho as well. Yeah, which is interesting. I think that I the... don't understand that signing, Jules. <laughs> you don't. You were a big fan of that. I was a big fan. <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. But um, I don't know if Klopp expected James Milner to be in that kind of form again, and and maybe that's know... who's that's whose place he'll take in the side. You think is it? No, I mean it doesn't have to be him because Wijnaldum. I don't think he's a proper number six, although right. he plays a lot. In that posi- he's played in the two games in that position. So I don't know if 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 you can take one Adama and put 
Fabinho on or Henderson on or if you take Milner, he's got so many options in that midfield. I just think those three have worked so well together so far that it would be crazy for club to change anything now anyway. There's only one game per week. Why would you change that? The whole team. And I think you can expect that whole team to play again against Brighton and then see what happens there. But for Fabinho, it feels like, well, it's not his time yet and his time will come at some point. But so far, those three, Wijnaldum, Keita and Milner have, have just been so good, I think. Yeah. Next up, Saturday tea time. It's a visit from the Seagulls to Anfield. Last three meetings, David, between these two clubs, 4-0 to Liverpool, 5-1 to Liverpool and in the FA Cup, 6-1 to Liverpool. Yikes. Home winner. But it, just going back to the, you know, talk about the Van Dyke and especially Allison. People have been sort of creaming over Allison's passing range. Mm. I was talking to uh, Andy Heaton from uh, the Anfield Rap, and I, I quite often chat with him about sort of goalkeeping, particularly sort of the the uh, situations at, at Liverpool. And and he was talking about he, I can't remember if it was the first half, or the second half, but he was he said he was sat right on the edge of one of the boxes, and he says it was amazing to watch. It's something that they've been missing for a long time at Liverpool. As the ball was up the other end of the field, yeah. how Allison and uh, Van Dyke control were, the space, behind. yeah, and and were organising everything around them in front of them to make sure that when all those bodies were flying forward, that they weren't weak on the other way when they were uh, if they lost the ball. And he says it was just. Uh, the authority that he was showing rather than just right. standing there they were actually doing something and you can see him as well just physically you know, people talk about presence whether goalkeeper has a presence or whatever I mean he allows it's, Van Dijk to defend high up the pitch I mean I know that Van Dijk's quick but you know he, he basically I mean that was the, one of the things that Di Francesco really liked about Alisson at Roma was that ability to kind of take that position almost on the edge of your penalty or outside your box when your team's high up the pitch so that you know if they spring spring that um, offside trap yeah, he can get to them yeah. while Van Dyke can. But that's it, it's, and it's not like a. It's not sometimes when Lloris comes out, it's, it's like really close sort of decisions, or it looks a little bit panicked. Where he's already there, mm. and, and he's already it gives himself more time to to play easier balls. Brighton coming off that fantastic performance against Man United, are they going to take the same approach? Do you think? At Liverpool, I think uh, I think they'll have to. Um, I think it's unfortunate for them that they'll be without Dunk, who obviously went off in that uh, in that game against United with an ankle injury. So Leon Balogun will come in. Uh, they're signing in the summer, um, but I think it'll be it'll be more difficult than it was against United. Um, and Brighton haven't won at Anfield since 1982. So, you know, given that uh, their defence already was conceding what an average of five goals against them last season, I think yeah. it's going to be tricky. Yeah, they haven't won any of their last 14 on the road, indeed, in the Premier League. Brighton, while Liverpool are unbeaten in 22 straight home matches. Interesting. If there's a weakness in the Liverpool uh, armour, it's it, that back stick from, a, if from a, a Brighton perspective, if the diagonal balls from right-hand side to left-hand side, then get Glenn Merrick to, to pull on uh, to Joe Gomez and Trent Alexander-Arnold. The two of them are quite sort of the young ball watchers, so they often get caught underneath the flight of the ball or not aware of the people behind them. I think it was Arsenal last year. United, uh, United with yeah. Alexander Arnold, that mistake. Yeah, and it was Arsenal like with Joe Gomez that they might be able to capitalise on that. But Joe, Joe Gomez so far has, has been great alongside Van Dijk. Mm. Uh, the team that Brighton beat last Sunday, uh, Man United, are in action this coming Monday night at home to Spurs. There's talk that Man United fans. Post Brighton have funded a plane with a banner. Oh no! To fly over Old Trafford, the banner's going to read "Ed out L U H G," which stands uh, for Love United, Hate Glazers. That'll do it. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a Mourinho out. It's an Ed out, Jules. Well, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's less likely than Mourinho out. Um, Ed Woodward is is an enigma for me. I don't one. I don't understand what he does. I can understand that his former job in terms of marketing and sponsorship deals and all of that, what he was doing to bring the money at the club was fantastic and he seemed very good at that. I'm just not sure he's a very good CEO. You know, I don't think he can manage a club of that size, stature, size, everything. I think there's probably a lot of things that he does well. I hope so. Otherwise, I guess he wouldn't be in that position. But in terms of the transfer market, in terms of dealing with the first team, in terms of his relationship with Mourinho and even some of his relationship with some of the players, I just don't think he's... I just don't think he's good enough. We talked a lot on the podcast last season about him being out, out of his death at that club. And I think that this summer showed again how United can be in that position right now is, uh, is beyond me. Mm. Interesting. They have had performances like the Brighton one 
before. This is something we touched on against on... Brighton last season. Yeah, against... <laughs> I, I heard this but... last season. It was a very similar performance. But so often De Gea was their fig leaf. Carl Anker mentioned the stat on Monday that I think in the last 14 shots he's the Spanish keeper has, has faced, he's conceded 10 mm. goals. Is he regressing, David? And if so, why? <sighs> no, think... I'm talking about De Gea, not Carl. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a small sample size to, to say that it's that he's regressing you know it's he's played even during the world cup he made mistakes and obviously spain didn't play well they they played different systems so it's uh, it's 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 not easy for for a goalkeeper to, to play in two different systems like that okay. where you got control the space in front or play deep but uh he's just got terrible defenders in front of him at the moment Has uh, he? yeah lindelof's awful he isn't he, he isn't a, he's not an elite defender and he's in, in he's a Average defender who's not playing very well either, and obviously Eric Bay he's uh, he's not he's not making things any easier. Either. Are there other options? Well, you've got Jones and Smallen, but I mean they, they've got some like well, there's six central defenders. Mm. You can see why they've they've turned around and said, "Well, you know, you're not getting the money for who was it trying to bring in Maguire, uh, Maguire, yeah, exactly, yeah. Mina, Godin." You, you can see why they, they, they haven't given the money because it's, yeah, look at the players they've got in front of them. They right. should they should be playing better than what they are. It's up to him to make. It's up to Jose Mourinho to make those players better. Better, yeah. This uh, this coming Monday, do you anticipate him? You know, with all the the trouble that's been going, on, just to kind of do a classic Mourinho shut up shop, wagons in a circle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you, if you look back last year, um, this fixture also came at quite a delicate time for United. They drew with Liverpool nil nil at Anfield and kind of stunk the house out and got a lot of criticism for that. And then, as Jules said, that was they lost to, to Huddersfield um, away. So, um, and they just locked things down, and it didn't look like they were really going to get anything. And then they threw on Martial, and Martial got them a goal late on. Um, so, I think they'll be kind of similarly cautious. But if I was Spurs. How about Harry Kane is actually scoring goals in August? Yeah, I'd be looking at this and thinking this is as good a chance as, as, as they'll get to win at Old Trafford since they lasted in, in 2014. Well, this is statistically not only their toughest away game in the Premier League, but the toughest that any team, let me put that another way, no team has a worse away record in the Premier League than Spurs do at Old Trafford, Jules. Wow. Yeah, I mean... They're... It's a tough place to go for a lot of teams, but but I agree with James. I think this is this is the right time for Spurs to get to go there, and they'll have they'll have to be on the front foot from the beginning. It's a it's a United team that is struggling for I think in the attitude, mm-hmm. like they're struggling technically. I think Fred is still working out how he's playing in that midfield three, and you know, and I think Paul Pogba in many ways is. He's a leader, Jules. I would recognise him. Uh, you know, uh, you know, if Winston Churchill was he stood is. in front of me next to Paul Pogba. Would you the same? You know, same me same too. statesman. But but I think that there will be a time where where the short holidays will have will take his toll on Paul Pogba's performances. But that's why I think he's the you know he's the he's the he's the best way whether Alexis Sanchez plays or not. Apparently he's uh, in doubt. Yeah, but he so... has launched a new underwear line. Oh yeah, have you seen this? No. no. Yeah, uh, the well pants. Uh, more power, more seduction, more attitude, more success. Wow. Is yeah. it at the boxers or pants? I don't know. If it's got... Uh, I'm not sure. I'm thinking... I not. I didn't investigate. Something about Alexis Sanchez and pants. I, I, just, <laughs> I just didn't follow that up any. But on a football note, you're saying that with Sanchez possibly out of the picture... It's even worse, yeah. Because... Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, Spurs have got their defensive capabilities to, to nullify United. United don't have that. They don't have elite centre halves. They don't have elite full backs. Luke Shaw, no matter how much, how many comebacks he makes, mm. he will never, and how much he professes he wants to be one of the world's best full backs, will never be one of the world's best full backs. Never. And they and they and they don't have any. Uh, they don't have any protection in front of them either. In, in all fairness to them, why will Luke Shaw never be one of the world's, world's best full backs? He, he just won't. Okay. He, he, he gives. Every game he'll give an opportunity where the, the player he's playing against yeah. an easy opportunity, a chance to supply a, a very good chance, and whether it's through bad defend. What was the first uh, the first game against Leicester? Leicester. Yeah, against yeah. Leicester. Do you know? And he was looking for a foul against Jamie Vardy. Mm. You know, just just clear the ball up the line. It was, it was, he was right to call him out, Mourinho, after the game. You know, to to criticise him because he just ambled up to the ball. All right. Sorry about that, Luke. Hey, uh, 
Alexis Sanchez uh, not available, nor is Sun, of course. But a quick update on uh, the Asian Games where Sun currently is. Mm-hmm. He scored the only goal of South Korea, got the win they needed against Kyrgyzstan to qualify for the knockout stages. Remember, if Sun can get the gold medal in this competition, he gets to skip 21 months of staring across an icy DMZ. Next up for South Korea, Iran in the last 16, and then quarterfinal either Hong Kong or Uzbekistan. It's, it's crazy though when you think about it. He went to the World Cup, mm. and you know, and Spurs Spurs are paying him, and then he he went away again to play in the Asian. And and there's also on top of that uh-huh. the possibility of him having to do his military service, whatever you say in English. Yeah, and it, you know it is crazy. It is crazy. That's, you call it military service in English. Oh, okay, that's yeah. good. I was not so sure. So what do you call it in France? A service Lair? service militaire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although we don't have them anymore, you do like a, a couple of days. And, yeah, and, yeah, I'm not sure who does them. anymore, actually. Well, it's clearly son. Well, oh, yeah, should, <laughs> should Denmark have national service though? Do they? Yeah, and I think you have to draw lots. Oh, so like when uh, when I was at Silke Ball, they came with a uh, yeah, it's literally a bit just like a bag Mourinho full, against bag the big full clubs. of numbers. <laughs> he, he draws lots. Oh, very good. Sorry, I'm glad you you're making that to your point. You draw lots for why? Uh, to see whether you have to do national service or not. Oh, really? It's, yeah. it's a lottery? Yeah. I'm sure, oh, wow. okay. so I'm sure somebody will tell me different, but... All right. Excellent. Okay. Some people need to talk for fear of being forgotten. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's Minoriola talking about Paul Scholes and uh, you... you referenced his uh, comments mm. about some people wouldn't... Re- oh, but no, Paul Scholes wouldn't recognise a leader if he was in front of Sir Winston Churchill. Interesting. This was after, presumably after Paul Scholes had made some comment about Paul Pogba. Yeah, that he wasn't a leader, that he was not good enough in that game against Brighton. I didn't hear Paul Scholes after the Leicester game when everyone everyone was praising Paul Pogba for mm. the performance he had. It's, I just I just find it strange that every time United lose, it's Paul Pogba's fault. Paul Pogba is not doing this, Paul Pogba is not doing that, Paul Pogba is not a leader, Paul Pogba is this. He didn't lose the game. New York City didn't lose the game just because of Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba was not good on that day. The mm. rest of the team were not good either. They were worse players than Paul Pogba in that team. And, and okay, he was the captain. And as a captain, I think you need to lead by example. It's just not always Paul Pogba's fault. And Do you enjoy saying Paul Pogba? <laughs> yeah, because because everybody seems to talk about Paul Pogba so much all the time. That but, I was but just... isn't, isn't that because people expect Paul, Paul Pogba... Pogba to play and have an effect on the game like Naby Keita has done for Liverpool to, to, to have an but actual Naby Keita is not Paul Pogba no, it... and Paul Pogba <laughs> but Paul Pogba is Paul Pogba we know that yeah but, yeah, but he, 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 he doesn't have the effect he doesn't have the sort of no, like the, the impact that he has <laughs> not Valentin, just Paul Pogba just okay. Paul Pogba yeah alright then uh, Monday so Spurs to take it you think yeah yeah, yeah. 100% yeah, yeah. I'll say that. <laughs> All right. Okay, and we know whose fault it'll be. Paul Pogba. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, to celebrate the new season of the Totally Football Show, our friends at Beer 52 are offering you a case of craft beer for free. All you have to do is head to beer52.com football. It really couldn't be any simpler. Beer 52 is the world's most popular monthly craft beer discovery club. They search out incredible and exclusive small batch craft beers from the greatest breweries on the planet. So whether you like hoppy Norwegian IPAs, Colorado porters or Belgian rip beers, you'll find something amazing in Beer 52's monthly themed crates. There's no minimum commitment with Beer 52. You can take this free case, try the beers and see what you think. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel your subscription at any time. Get started today with your free case of eight incredible craft beers plus a copy of Ferment Magazine and some bar snacks by heading to beer52.com slash football or you pay is the £2.95 postage. That's beer52.com slash football. Beer 52, your perfect partner for the weekend's football. Totally football live. Like the sound of that listener? Well, it's happening twice in the months to come. Uh, At Queen Elizabeth Hall, first of all, on Monday the 24th of September, that's on London's South Bank, Michael Cox and Duncan Alexander, by night known as Oily Sailor, uh, will be joining us at southbankcentre.co.uk for all your ticketing needs. About a week or so later, we're in Manchester at the Royal Northern College of Music, Friday the 5th of October, the date for that, when the panel will include Rory Smith and Daniel Storey. So Storey and Rory. Ooh, mm. nice. For tickets... Go to C, that's S-E-E, ctickets.com. Bosch. Who's going to be bottom come end of August? Palace, clearly. Yeah. No, um. do you think? <laughs> no. Well, at the moment, you've got four teams on nil point, 
Fulham, West Ham, Huddersfield and Arsenal, two of whom face each other. Here's Gavin being a bit cheeky. He says, which one is the bit better relegation battle this weekend? Huddersfield, Cardiff or Arsenal, West Ham? <laughs> Jules. That's <laughs> um, a huge game for Arsenal. It has to be. They showed some positives, I thought, in that game against Chelsea away from home. They could have easily scored four or five goals in that first half. Mm. You can't miss those chances in those kind of games. It's impossible. Not at that level. Uh, but I think they showed some resilience to come back in the game. I think there was, going forward especially, a lot of encouraging things. Defensively, it was it was more difficult, but it was always going to be because of the way Unai Emery wants them to play, the changes, and how different it is to defend under Unai Emery than it was under Arsene Wenger, for example. So there was always going to be more work to be done defensively than offensively. Mm-hmm. However, they, they need a win now. They need to put all that together and actually keep improving and, and those positives that we saw against Chelsea and, and maybe a little bit against City as well Okay, have to come to full strength then on Saturday against West Ham. West Ham with Jack Wilshire presumably in, in, in midfield making a, what'll be a nostalgic return to his, his former ground. Uh, in terms of the tactics here, James and David... A lot of people pointing at the kind of the weakness of the West Ham midfield, the lack of any kind of steel in there. Obviously, midfield a great strong point for Arsenal. Other people saying though that Arsenal's right side with Bellerin and Mkhitaryan, Mkhitaryan, um, <laughs> is, it represents a what? yeah represents uh, represents a real uh, Achilles heel for the Gunners. That you know the uh, West Ham's what's his name. Masuaku bingo yeah. that he might be a real threat down there what, what, what do you boys think I think uh, with West Ham they just have to be more more compact they've often looked uh, like a bit of a broken team um, and there's, there's just no real connection um, between uh, each kind of unit the defence the midfield and the attack and I think that's that's often left Noble in particular looking quite exposed and he's not the most mobile um, but as the leader of that team you know he has to he has to do a better job of communicating um, so I would expect that Arsenal will win this one, and I think they have to because, yeah, I think it's understandable after you know, those opening two games, tough fixtures, a difficult hand that uh, Emery was dealt at now when they've got West Ham, Cardiff, Newcastle, Everton, uh, Watford, Fulham to come. Between now, the next international break, and the one after that, this is where they Emery really has to, I think, start, start think gathering they, some momentum. If they continue to create chances like they did uh, against Chelsea then they should have no problem at all West Ham being really poor defensively uh, especially against Liverpool mm. it, it, it really smacked of a, a side that took the the manager's words very literally I've, I've played in sides where you've worked on a, a real sort of compact defensive organisation where you allow the team uh, the opposition to have a lot of the ball when you in the game, you're worried that much about that and about your shape and where you're positioned on the pitch. You forget about actually playing what's in front of you. Mm. So like against Liverpool, they, they played that compact four, narrow four, high up. It was just meat and drink for, for Liverpool to get in behind and down the sides. So they need to solve that problem. Fabianski, to his, his credit, has played well the last two games, especially against Liverpool. All right. Could have another busy afternoon. Nice for Jack Wilshere that he's gone to West Ham. I didn't realise this. He says his whole family were West Ham fans. He was a West Ham fan. He used to love him. He had all the shirts. So How the Decanios, yeah, I think he... he Did, was he, was yeah, he particularly... he's a bit of a Decanio yeah. fan, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jules, how much do you love Genduzzi? He's had the most touches of any Arsenal player this season. Tackles and interceptions, the most in the league. Mm. Most of any midfielder in the league, yeah. Yeah, I like him a lot. I, uh, I saw him after the City game and um, he had all his family there. He was... It was they're all West Ham It was fans. big. Yeah, they were West Ham fans. <laughs> I mean, Genduzi has all the West Ham shirts. Um, so let me let me first say that yeah. he's a Paris-born and bred kid, which oh. obviously makes him very <laughs> special. Well, makes no, him very special. Was, like Paul Pogba. Makes him quite a, average <laughs> makes him very special. 50% of all the players everywhere are Paris-born and bred, no? Yeah. Well, no, it's just, it's just you know, yeah. they're the best. Um, no, no, more, more seriously, yes. the... Okay, the, it was the first game, I mean, the two games, when you're 19 and you've played... I don't know, a handful of games in the French top flight, but most of your career really in the French second division. And you arrive at a club like Arsenal. And okay, you do well in the preseason, uh, but it's only the preseason. Mm-hmm. You have to be so strong mentally, I think, to, to be able to, to play in those games. After five minutes, when Raheem Sterling, you know, welcomes you into the Premier League by, you know, with a proper English tackle, English Premier League tackle, and, and steps on your, on your ankle, and you think, okay, this, this is it, this is what I'm in, I'm 19. 
And I just thought mentally he did so well, even losing the ball in key areas at times because that's what he will do. You know, he kept his head high, wanted the ball again, which is not what a lot of 19-year-olds would do in that position. And I think I really liked that about him. And he said to me after I saw him against City game, he said, I was so apprehensive. Uh-huh. I was really apprehensive before the game. But I don't think we saw that too much. And I think that's one of the... He's got loads of qualities, but that's the one for me that's, that sticks out is is that confidence he has in himself and his, his own ability. Do you think a couple of months ago he was in the French second division? Yeah, completely. He, play, he played the whole of last season in the French second division, hardly played in the French top flight before. And for him to be thrown out like that against City first, mm. and he said, like, they were incredible. I mean, he said, like, the pace of the game, the rhythm, the movement off the ball, it was just like, wow. And I didn't tell him, but I thought, when you play like that and then you have Granny Chaka next to you, who doesn't, clearly doesn't help you, you know, he, that's not what Chaka does. He doesn't help you. You have to, you know, you have to have that resilience in you to go through that game. And, mm. and what I thought was very interesting is that against City, especially, Unai Emery took off Chaka and Ramsey and Genduzi said the whole game. And it would have been very easy for Unai Emery to take him off after an hour and say, well done, you've done well, you're 19 years old. But no, he kept him on. And then against Chelsea, I thought he did even better. That, that ball for Bellerin, that ball through... Yeah. Then Bellerin crossed for Bamiyang should have scored. That's a, that's a wonderful ball. And when you're 19 and you play against Chelsea and you're capable of doing that, but also, of, like we said, defen- defensively, he needs to improve. But I think there's something in him. I think he's very promising. Was he a name even in the second division in, in France? Were you aware of him before Arsenal yeah. signed him? Yeah, he played for all the France. Bread. Paris born and bred. <laughs> so, like Paul Pogba. Uh, um, uh, but, but just to, yeah, he, he was in all the French teams from under 16 to okay. under 21. So he was, he was one of the most talented player of his generation. Uh-huh. But then it's still the step from Lorient in the second division to Arsenal playing against City and Chelsea. Right. It's so huge that you, you were wondering, can he do it? And is he enjoying himself? Yeah, he was. He really was. And I think, I think he has the potential to be a, a, an excellent player. And also, maybe we'll get to see him start with Torreira. Uh, this weekend as well, right? Which is kind of why Jack Wilshere is no longer. At and Arsenal. I think that's what would help him as well. I think he's much better on the ball and looking forward than having to defend a lot and and put tackles in. He can do that, but I think Torreira would be a big help in it with him. Okay. They, need, they need Torreira in there. They, yeah, they, they don't need Granite Xhaka. There's no Xhaka required. Okay, <laughs> uh, and possibly Carlos Sanchez coming in for West Ham as they attempt to uh, add a little bit of steel to the iron midfield. Stephen Burkery, by the way, just on the subject of Aussie rules football, because uh, I think again it was Carl mentioning that uh, Arsenal brought in an Aussie rules fellow mm. for their for fitness coach. Yeah. I, would, I was taken aback by this, but uh, Stephen points out that uh, while AFL is a full contact sport, it's not a collision sport in the same way as rugby codes. And because it's played on cricket grounds, the emphasis is on aerobic fitness. An elite AFL midfield player will cover around 15 kilometres in a game, yeah. about 25% of that full pace. And uh, the games go on for over two, two hours. So it's a very that, physical sport. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, yeah, I want to watch it at the MCG. Uh-huh. And there's a guy, it's seen in newspapers the next year that he'd done his uh, cruciate, his anterior cruciate ligament, and he tried for 10 minutes to get up and down. He just would not give in. Right, I've seen yeah. a few of them in a, in, a, in the restaurant later on, and uh, these are big guys, real stacked guys. Okay. Stacked, does that, is that stacked? Yeah, stacked, yeah, yeah. 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 All right. I'm not familiar with that sort of term. It's a really good fun, it's a fun sport to watch yeah. as well, if you, if you want. It's on BT Sport. Okay. Good of course, point. Jack Wilshire, not the only man making a return to the Emirates. Fabianski, back in town. We have, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he's, like I said, he's done well in the first two games that he's played. It's unfortunate that he's just playing behind the West Ham defence. Chan, a.k.a. Mark Woodruff, is excited about the fact that following Mancini at Man City and Arsene Wenger at Arsenal, you've now got uh, Emery at the Emirates. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Maybe you'll see Mourinho at Scunthorpe. <laughs> Can you leave that in? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Deary me. So, um, right. Also, uh, still to record a point, are Fulham, who will be hosting Burnley on uh, Sunday, that is. Burnley, who have Olympiacos away uh, this very evening in the Europa League, this evening being Thursday. So that'll be an interesting game. And Huddersfield, who've had a rotten time there, and they host Cardiff on Saturday. Excellent. All right. Well, loads of other stuff to talk about from the Premier League. Also, plenty of headlines from around Europe as we head into another exciting weekend of football. We'll touch on some of those after this. 
You're listening to The Totally Football Show, sponsors of Melchester Rovers. Find out more at RoyTheRoversOfficial.com. Chi. Power. Never can succeed without a surprise. Your training begins tomorrow. Wow, that's a montage. I tell you, that kid's beefing up. David, this is going to be quite the... Is it a dramatic denouement in No Retreat, No Surrender? It's the the killer move at the end. is just brilliant. Is it? Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, looking forward to that. Uh, Jules. Yes. uh, What's all this about Thierry Henry joining Bordeaux? Yeah. First of all, Gus Poyet did brilliantly there when he, you know, he came in, took them from relegation strugglers to Europa League. Yeah. And then what happened? And then he he was not happy with the the recruitment in the summer. Right. Uh, I think he wanted himself to be a bit more involved. Okay. And it was not the case. The club is being sold to some American investors, so I don't think it's an easy context for him okay. either. And then you saw that you saw that press conference. I imagine, right? Mm, not sure that I did. So the reason why they're looking for a new manager is that. Gus Poyet is going to be sacked because after the Europa League win on Thursday in the whole media press conference, uh-huh. he basically slaughtered, is the word, his owners, um, CEO, whatever you want, like directors, people at the club for selling a player to Montpellier without telling him mm. and not having a replacement in place already to sign. And literally it was like he went mental. And it was one, it's the best press conference I've seen in a very, very long time. Oh, brilliant. Of him sitting there, the, the poor border press officer was trying to say, okay, this is it now. And he was, no, it's not. It would be when I decide it is. Next question. And they showed me a lack of respect. And this is not what you do. This is shameful. This is a disgrace. And literally slaughtered them for like five minutes. Okay. Obviously, the next day he was out. He's gone. Has he taken his assistant manager with him? Or like Brighton, has he left his number two in the dressing room? (laughs) (laughs) He hasn't. But yeah, he's been the end of like a a bit of a torrid summer for Gus Poyet. Who I I don't think, as we know by those stories, is always easy to deal with. Uh, and now Cherry's in the frame. Cherry's yeah. number one on their list. He's, is that going to work, do you think? So he's interested. There's still a lot of details to, to be sorted out before he you know, he becomes officially the, the manager. But it's a club that, for example, tried to get Zinedine Zidane before he was even a manager of the second team at Real Madrid. They gave Laurent Blanc his debut as a manager when he was not a manager again. Mm-hmm. So it's something that they used to, they've done it before. Um, and Cherry seems to be very, quite keen right now at, is it a step too high for him to start directly in a, in a team that is top six in France? Maybe. I, I'm not sure. I think he is really uh, itching to mm-hmm. start now. I think the, you know, I'm not sure what happened at Sky last year was really for him. And I think he knows that. Uh, I think he f- maybe felt a bit frustrated. What do you mean by that? Do you think he, he feels that he, he's not suited to being yeah, a pundit? Yeah, I'm not sure he really enjoyed it. I don't know. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't mentioned it to me, but I just... Yeah, I'm not sure that was his stuff. I think he much rather want to be a manager, but a number one right now. I think right. the experience with Belgium has been great and working with Robert. When you chat, others. does he say things like, football is a game, my friend. You win <laughs> or you learn. There's always next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, they mostly just talk about Paul Pogba. Oh, Paul Pogba. <laughs> yeah. Um, which Harry really likes, by the way. Uh-huh. But... Um, but yeah, I think so. There would be that appeal to him. Or, okay, I can finally be a number one. That's what I want to be. Okay. And and yeah, the question is all, but it's the same for all those. You know, it's the same for Frank Lampard at Derby or Steven Gerrard at Rangers. Are they ready? Is it the right challenge for them? Is mm-hmm. it the right step? Or would you start a bit lower first and then, like Patrick Vieira, MLS right. first and then and then Nice in France? It's very similar. So it'd be interesting. And how's he doing at Nice, Patrick Vieira? Yeah, he did, he did okay. I mean, they, the first game they lost it, they had 19 shots, one on target only. And oh. I think he was ruined not having a proper number nine. Mario Balotelli was suspended. Is he going to bring Balotelli back in now yeah, that he's he has staying. He's staying now. Yeah, no, yeah. but I mean, is, it, is he going to be frozen out? or is No, no, he's suspended again for this weekend. That's mm. his third and last game where he's suspended, so he will be back. Uh, but I think Patrick will do well there. I think he will do well. And I, and I, I want to see Thierry. And on October the 27th, there's a board on Nice where... Thierry Henry and Patrick Vieira could actually be facing each other as managers, which would be incredible. But with, with Thierry, it's probably been the case with Belgium. It's it's been like sort of him dipping his toe in the water because a lot a lot of uh, a lot of ex players, or while you're a player, you, you think, yeah, I'm going to go into coaching, and then when you start doing your badges, he did his badges with the Welsh FA, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, and it's not until you actually doing the job then you find out whether you really want to do it or not. And he's probably 
he's probably caught the bug, I think. Because, I mean, it's a mm. cushy number that he has, pay, getting paid a lot of money just to talk about football, which must yeah. be a luxury. Who would do thought, that, David? Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he's obviously thought, well, yeah, this is for me now. Yeah. What he wants the job, that's yeah. what's accelerated it. Okay. Um, also in French managerial talking points, uh, Thomas Tuchel's start with Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, good? You, you impressed as a PSG uh, aficionado? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a bit early to, to see his his influence on, on the team because Kylian Mbappé has only played 45 minutes, for example, so far. There's been no Edison Cavani who's injured. Neymar is, is just getting back into full fitness. So... We don't really see yet Duchel's touch, if you want. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been it's been good. I mean, they're going to cruise that league. It's more in the Champions League in September that we will see. You know why he's really made. That's up. the big question. Yeah. Similar themes, I guess, for Juventus, who uh, off to a good start in City. I've only had one game so far in the Campionato, but two massive fixtures coming up this weekend. Juve taking on Lazio, uh, Lazio who got beaten at home by Napoli. Uh, last weekend and uh, speaking of Napoli they are at home to Milan in, in what's a particularly tasty looking fixture not least because Higuain will be back in uh, in Napoli and Carlo Ancelotti will be up against the Rossoneri for the first time since he uh, he left them as manager yeah and uh, Carlo Ancelotti was saying that uh, that memorable game an all-time classic in Serie A in May 1988 um, Milan won 3-2 and, uh, and got a got a a round of applause from the San Paolo and that always stayed with him and he said that and that won them the title didn't it that won them the title mm. he says it was that moment he yeah he realised that one day he'd like to either play or, or work uh, at Napoli so okay. it was a little bit like uh, Ronaldo's story about mm. uh, the bicycle kick he scored in April at the, at the Allianz Stadium um, was, was a big factor in him going to Juventus this summer but right. um, yeah so I think yeah, you can kind of combine the two in terms of renewed interest in City and not just Ronaldo uh, that effect but also with Ancelotti back and now with his his old mates showing up at the San Paolo Leonardo as the sporting director at, uh, at Milan and, and Paolo Maldini Paolo Maldini alright looking forward to seeing Roma taking on Atalanta too that'll be next Monday Atalanta tonight up against Copenhagen in the Europa League but they're off to their usual cracking start to the season you can get more chat about all the things going on in and around the City F fixtures a particularly eventful week this and we detail all the talking points in Golazzo which is out at the moment with Gabriele Marcotti uh, ooh, there's also a totally Scottish football show which this week David was going big on uh, Kenny Miller's uh, departure. departure from Livingston yeah hey Neil's got a question you be, have you been watching Rangers under Stephen Gerrard? I have done, yeah. Okay, so Neil asks... Well, he says, basically, uh, has anyone noticed uh, how well Rain, uh, Rangers are doing under Stephen Gerrard in England? He's completely changed the way the team play. I can't believe the difference. Last week in Maribor was very Walter Smith-esque. They've been a poor side the last few seasons, obviously because of what's been going on in the background, but he has changed it. You know, Even that first game against uh, against Aberdeen, they, they end up drawing the game, but with mm. 10 men for most of the game and um, still being the, the dominant side and he's, he's got them playing some really great stuff. All right. They've uh, just re-signed Carl Lafferty. Do you think that they could be a real challenger for Celtic this year? No, but I think they can be a real challenger for Aberdeen this season. All right. Okay. Well, much more Scottish football chat with Andrew Slaven and company on the Totally Scottish Football Show. There's also the Totally Football League Show. Boy, they got a lot to talk about this season. You've got Bielsa at Leeds. James, you must be excited about that. Yeah, no. I mean, there was what, a draw with Swansea in midweek. That was mm. such a good game, I think. Yeah, but, really uh, good game. yeah incredible. Right. A lot, I mean, with Bielsa, the question, I guess, is always how Burn long out. will it last? But... <laughs> did, you, did you see that? Do you remember the cooler in Marseille? Of course. And I, do, you know, do you know why it sits on? What does he sit on now in Leeds? So he has a bucket that he puts upside down yes. to sit on what is usually the bottom of that blue... Yes, yes. And he says it's a very comfy bucket. It's just a bucket, he says. Well, no, Marcelo, it's, it's not just a bucket. You're the only one in the whole world sitting on a bucket watching your team play, which I think is fantastic. That is fantastic. Equally exciting is Steve McLaren's bold new direction with the QPR. Uh, played four, lost four, scored one... Conceded thirteen. Is that going to be a long-term project? Do you think at this, at this rate, Loftus Road? Steve, I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. I think we'll see Ollie back there before Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah, David, that's so. a bold chat. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. But I think there's a, there a question before. I don't know if it was that question you on about about him. Uh, what should he do to change the fortunes? Who? What was that? Um, he should he should shave his head. That's what he should do. Who? Steve McLaren. Yeah, of course he should. Did somebody ask what Steve McLaren should do to turn it around at QPR? Yeah, and the answer shave, is shave his head. Yeah, shave his head. <laughs> yeah. At least crew cut it. I mean, he's got that little island at the front. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's hanging onto it, and I think. That would make make all the difference. I you think. should go full Richardson. Full Richardson. I'm yeah. sure. I'm now mentally, you know, I'm picturing Steve with I a shape. That's disguise that as well. But right. Anyway. On Spotify, smart speaker, and podcast platforms everywhere. This is the Totally Football Show from Muddy Knees Media. Back to the Premier League. Some exciting games coming up. Let's see, Newcastle taking on Chelsea in the Rafa derby. Yeah. That'd be a big one. The, Ken- the I did better than you at Napoli derby. Oh, that's true. Uh, Newcastle-Chelsea, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this finished 3-0 to the Magpies just last May. In fact, Newcastle had some big wins against not only Chelsea, but also Arsenal and Man United at St James's Park yeah. last year. Is, is this where Rafa brings out the Rondon? Yeah, maybe to test that Chelsea defence. But it's what we were saying about Arsenal and the West Ham game. It's mm. also, or even Liverpool, is to see, you know, the continuation of Sarri's improvement. You know, if we, we saw we saw the Huddersfield game and then we saw the, the Arsenal game where there was, again, some very good things on the ball and some more difficult things defensively, right. which again was always going to be, the, it's the same problem as Emery. It was always going to be harder for Sarri to implement his ideas defensively than offensively, I think. And and Hazard, Hazard was not, you know, hasn't started either of those games. You would expect him to start this weekend. Yep. So it would be, again, to, to just watch Chelsea and no offence to Newcastle, but really focus on this Chelsea team and see if you see a bit more, a, a bit more of that Sarri's touch that we've seen a little bit so far, but not not massively. It's not like Bielsa at Leeds, for example. Could be one of those Newcastle performances with about 10% possession, but quite possibly a point at the end of it. How well do you think that uh, Kepa's been getting on the, in goal for Chelsea? Um, there's been a couple of worries for me. Sort of late on in the first game against Huddersfield, a ball pumped into the box, and he, he took the ball, took the cross at a second attempt, and he just didn't really look very dominating. There was the the big arm swing uh, in the first goal against against Arsenal, which probably cost him time that might have saved the ball. But it's we know that he's not a seventy million pound or eighty million euro keeper at the, at the moment. You know when they could have got him for twenty million six months ago, eight months ago. Hmm. Um, they've paid well over the odds for him, but. You know, people comparing him when he came into when De Gea came into English football and the time he took to adjust. He's a, he's ahead of De Gea is at that point. He's four years older. He's a more solid goalkeeper, and it, it, the only thing remains to be seen is how much he's going to be involved in that. Expect to be involved in that build-up play with Sorry and how he'll adapt to that. Yeah, I mean, when uh, Milan signed Pepe Reina for free and Donnarumma didn't leave. There was a lot of speculation about maybe Chelsea going in for Pepe Reina because Reina was such a big part of Napoli's build-up play. And a little bit like Edison, you know, when anyone tries a high press and stops City's build-up, he had a range of options which he can just drop the ball into, and Reina was very good at that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something that I'll probably need need some time to work on. And, and I think people talk about uh, Edison and Alisson redefining it. They're not redefining it. They're just doing it far better than ever, everyone else. And even that first game, Kepi's trying to drop one ball into Morata. It got cut out by Aaron Moy. Mm. Uh, and so he, he is trying it and a little bit better than maybe what Petr Cech is in, in the same way. But it, um, it baffles me that they would go out, even when they went for All Black. I mean, they bid 100 million for All Black and he turned them down. But he's not a type of keeper. I'm sure he'd be able to adapt, but he wouldn't be anywhere near as uh, the, the way that Alisson and Edison do it. So why not go out and look for that keeper? And like you said about Pepe Reina, surely mm. they, they've got him for free. They could have tested AC Milan if they wanted to, to, to get that keeper in. So it's it's just a bit baffling that they want to play that way, but they haven't got the exact right goalkeeper to fit that. All right. You don't think he's, he's adaptable enough to, to become he can, but Yeah, but he can, but he, he, he won't be... He won't be exactly what Sorry would want. Okay. What Sorry would want uh, an Allison or an Edison. And uh, no, there's not that many around, mm. but there's probably better keepers with the ball to feet than uh, Kepper. Moving on, Saturday, three o'clock, sees Bournemouth taking on Everton. Theo Walcott says, excited to have a character within Angry Birds Evolution. Download now, writes Theo Walcott, to play as me, Chenk Tosin, or Gilfie. 
How oh. ex- that is exciting, isn't it? That puts everything else in perspective. So, have you seen? Have you seen the uh, Angry Bird that's you know with that's been Walcotted? No, I would check it out now. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, with my kids. It'll, yeah. it'll stay with you. Yeah, I'm the sure. Image yeah. seared into I mean, consciousness. Phil, Phil Neville tells me that this this is Everton's year. So. You know, if, what, in if Angry Birds, yeah, clearly in Angry Birds as well. So it's pretty impressive and really depressing and really depressing and yeah. really depressing. Dan Billingham says after the news, you can finally play Angry Birds as Chenk Tosin and other Everton players. Which players could be used in? Oh, I like what you've done here, Dan. In classic computer games, e.g., Rene Higuita as Super Mario, Diego Costa as Street Fighter, oh, and then he says something unpleasant about Pity Crouch and Tetris. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Could uh, Luis Suarez be Pac-Man? The Torreira is Pac-Man. Really? Isn't that his nickname? Could Gwen Doozy be, uh, be blank? Gwen Doozy. It's Gwen Doozy. It's Gwen Doozy, not Gwen Doozy. Gwen Doozy. Can we... Yeah. It's Marshall as well, isn't no, it? No, it's not Marshall. No? Anthony Marshall? No. Okay. Martial. Martial. Thank you very much. <laughs> Any other pr- pronunciations? Plenty. Plenty. Henry. We have... We don't have enough time. Lucas Digny? No, yeah. It's not Digny. <laughs> what is it? Ding. It's Ooh. not... There's no accent on the E. Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba. That's easy. <laughs> Bernard, Bernard right. Mendy. Oh, anyway, Bournemouth are taking on Everton. Bournemouth, who are one of six teams on six points, maximum points for the Cherries. What are, what are the odds on Eddie, Eddie Howe continuing that streak? What do you think? I know Everton look good, haven't they, so far? But Bournemouth, the vitality? Yeah, they will win. They will win. Do Callum they? Wilson. Will they do? Yeah. Callum Wilson's playing really well. Yeah, and Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson will have an England cap this season. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm telling you right now, you can put money on it. Jules, this would be a great opportunity for you to um, roll back, if you like, on those uh, harsh words about the Richarlison signing. Perhaps they paid a bit much, but are you beginning to see why they signed him? No, listen. He scored three goals in two games? Yeah, Okay. He had a very good start of last season as well. Yeah. You know, it's just... He scored against Bournemouth, actually, for what, for last season? But it's a bit like Kepa. Kepa is now worth £70 Pounds. Yeah, Richard Lisson is not worth forty million pounds either. They, that's the price they were quoted, and they said, "You know, we we're going to pay that. We we have the money to pay. We really want him, Marcus Silva, etc." I I don't think he's worth that money. He started really well. He, he started really well for Watford, and then disappeared completely. Hardly played towards the end of the season. Ha- Silver left. The, the, maybe, the maybe I don't. Whisperer moved on. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And I, and I really I, I hope you know I, I hope he does well, and I hope. He helps Everton. I just, I just want to see the consistency I didn't see last year. He's a young player. He has some potential. I just think they, they pay well over the odds for him, uh, and and you know they, they they pay far too much. Even if he scored three goals in two games, good on right. him. Some of so you're like though. you're like Van 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 Dam, aren't you? No retreat, no surrender. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. It's not that. I don't. It doesn't change the fact that they still pay too much. And if he, yeah, if he scored. 30 goals at the end of the season and he said okay that was money well spent well, I just we'll come back to you at the end of the yeah, season yeah yeah I just don't think he still has that consistency so you in him Bournemouth to, to take this game and it should yeah. be a good game shouldn't it yeah it should yeah. be good yeah well, what, one, of the, one of the best bit of business that Everton did this season was getting rid of Ashley Williams did you see him last night yeah I didn't see him last night oh my lost god lost the head totally really yeah we sent off uh, so that's a that's a big plus for me okay uh, what about Crystal Palace then Jules let's see how you do with that <laughs> so you still think that they're going to be in trouble this year I just, yeah, I don't think it's going to be an easy season at all for them. And, right. you know, it's not that I don't like them. I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I, what is it, George? I don't have anything against did Palace, you have a, Steve Parrish, Roy Hodgson. I don't Did I don't you care. have an altercation with, was it Steve Parrish you had an altercation with? He didn't like the fact that I heavily criticised. It doesn't uh, sound like you, Jules. You're usually so measured. Yeah, measured. Yeah. What did you say, Jules? Some of his, um, the managers that he picked okay. before. When was this? Maybe were, were you ago? on TV? Or yeah, a couple or? of years ago on an, on another podcast. Ah, okay. Yeah, and then and then, funnily enough, not long after he sacked the manager that you know <laughs> was in place, right? Because they were dreadful. So, I, I wish Crystal Palace, their fans, Roy Hodgson, Steve Parish, everyone involved the club, their best season ever. The Eagle. Yeah, they can even finish Europa League. You know, top eight, uh-huh. easily, no problem. I just don't think it's going to be an easy season for them. No, oh, OK. Well, there's no easy seasons in the in the Premier no. League. Exactly. No. Yeah. But if Paul Pogba was playing for Crystal Palace, yeah, he would be a leader. Well, you know, they they play well. I mean, the, the game was tighter than the 2-0 margin suggested. The penalty, there was an element of controversy about it, the one that uh, Salah won off Sacco. And that extraordinary Aaron Townsend uh, moment when he, he cut in from, from the right... And you knew what he was going to do, but still, 
that curling shot. Beautiful, no? You're comparing him with Arhan Robin now. He was, he was Robin-esque. <laughs> Robinus. Of course, uh, Palace, this game uh, will not have the services of uh, the young prodigy Aaron Wambisaka. So uh, so there's that. Uh, also, this weekend, it's the Claude Puel revenge game, Jules. Ooh. Yes, it yes. is. Saints hosting Leicester. Right. Penguin of Truth. Hello again, Penguin of Truth. Says ahead of the Claude, Claude revenge game, do you think Southampton would be in a better, poorer, or similar position if Puel had re- remained at the helm? I think they should have kept him and yeah. I think he had and he presented them uh, a three-year project where the first year was never going to be fantastic. He was arriving in a new country, new culture, in a new club, new team. He wanted to do well in his first year and I think he did well in his first year. Okay, he was not, you know, Pep Guardiola's style of football but he was still good and he was still solid and you could see the season after was far different. So... I don't think he would mind going back there and he would be like, yeah, yeah, I need to beat them to get revenge and this and that. Doesn't sound very Claude Puel, does it? <laughs> no, but he... You wouldn't watch All or Nothing with Claude Puel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still find him boring. <laughs> you know. What's he like uh, away from the cameras, Jules? He's cool, but he has that incredible determination about everything. Oh, yeah? Yeah, be, be the best, be the winner all the time. When we play a little game of football, when he used to be a pundit, you know, be a very good pundit, be... Yeah, he has that in him. Mm. And that's, you know, Anis, remember, he got injured because he took part of a of training session with his own player because he wanted to be better at them, you know, beating them and doing well at training and showing them he could still do it, even at 50, etc., etc. So he has that determination. What, in what kind of player was he? He was a, like, hardworking, water carrier, defensive midfielder. Yeah. With an incredible, incredible career. Monaco, mm. I think he played like over 500 games for them. Because he's got a, a, a curious injury track record, isn't he? Wasn't there another time when he got hit by a... Um... <laughs> Yeah, an implement. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice fans were not happy with him, and they protested at the training ground. And one of the things thrown at him was a was a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Laugh, they always get know, thrown around at training hurt. grounds, don't they? Deadly yeah. weapon. I mean, yeah, deadly weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, Jamie Vardy, of course. So, no, who no scored Jim. twelve away goals last year? Yeah, more than more than double any other player at Leicester. That's so. a remarkable big statistic. Blow. So, it's a big plus for. Mark Hughes' Southampton. Right. That is your Premier League fixture list uh, this weekend. Hey, if you want to get odds on some of those fixtures, you're in luck. Because here comes producer Ben and Paddy Power. Thank you very much, Jimbo. I've got Lee Price from Paddy Power on the line, as always. Lee, um, let's start off with Liverpool v Brighton. Liverpool flying at the moment, haven't conceded a goal. Can they get four or more here? I think the answer here is yes. I mean, they're capable of four or more in almost every game, of course, but the odds are very, very short. So our market is to score more than three and a half goals, which is obviously four, and the price is 11 to 10, just better than evens. For a team like Man United, for comparison, that'd be around four or three to one. And you've got a money-back special on this game at Anfield, don't you? We do, and it's frightfully generous. It's money back as a free bet if Liverpool win. Uh, and that applies to losing first, last, anytime goal scorers, correct score and what odds, paddy markets, max refunds £10, and in retail, max stake £10. Well, you mentioned United just before then. Uh, they're up against Spurs. Can you give me the markets here on Spurs to beat United and Harry Kane to score? Because he loves August. Yeah, United will be parking the bus, no doubt, and hoping to survive, or Mourinho will. Spurs are a short price to win this one. They're 15-8. They're our favourites, despite being away from home. And Kane is odds-on to score any time during this match, 10-11. to 11. If you want to double those two up, that'll give you odds of around 3-1. to one. All right, Lee, finally for today, let's talk about the bottom of the table clash. Can West Ham finally get some points and beat Arsenal? And is Jack Wilshere going to score? Possibly not. Uh, West Ham to beat Arsenal is a relatively lengthy 15-2, to two, uh, while Wilshere's score at any time is 5-1. to one. So double together, that's 26-1. to one. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that the odds of Arsenal finishing bottom at the end of August was 3-1, to one, which Jimbo seems to have liked. But I don't think it's going to happen, sadly. You can find out those odds and more at paddypower.com. All prices are accurate at the time of recording. It's 18-plus only, be gambleaware.org. And when the fun stops, stop. David Priest, happy birthday on Sunday. Thank you very much. I'll enjoy myself. I'll Good. have, I'll have one on you. What do you got planned? I am going to Lost Village. Little festival, like boutique festival in near Newark. Okay. Nice. What with bands and things? Yeah, it's kinda of like dance music, comedy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice oh, food. Lost village. Lost village, mm. yeah. Look it up. Sounds like 
don't know, one of those places in the northeast which was abandoned because of the plague or something. Like Blythe or Ashing or something. Yeah. 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 Or like in um, The Prisoner, that place in Wales. <laughs> Never saw Talbot. Is it Port Talbot? <laughs> it's Port Talbot. That's yeah. the one. Um, Jules, what do you got planned this weekend? I'm going away with a lot of friends oh, for a few uh, days holidays. Yeah, four days. Yeah, with our whole family and everything. To where? To the Cotswolds. Right. Yeah. With Ben Lovely. Foster? Not Ben Foster this no? time. Although we haven't spoken about Ben Foster and Watford. That's true. Oh, Next time. They're, they're my best team. Now. Next time. Uh, and James, your plans? I'm going to Turin, James. Oh, of course you are. You're going to go and see Juve Lazio. Yes. And I've got a couple of big fixtures on uh, on the horizon for me. Uh-huh. It's uh, Maidenhead Maidstone on Saturday lunchtime. Do tune in for that. It's on BT Sport 1, I assume. Mm. Uh, kick-off probably about 12.30 or something. And then on Monday, I've got to go all the way to file. I say I've got to. And then on Monday, excitingly, I can finally make the trip to file to see AFC Filed play uh, Harrogate. Harrogate Town, yes. Yeah. They've got filed away. Harrogate are filed away. I love that. One for the archives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a bit late. That's a Monday afternoon. Bank holiday. Nice. Delights. Especially because um, Houston's closed and there's major oh. engineering work. Watch out for Danny Raw, centre forward, scores a lot of goals. Oh, yeah? Brilliant. Okay. Well, before that, I'll be back here on Monday because even though it's bank holiday, we are here doing that whole totally football show thing so uh, do hope you'll be joining us for that meantime many 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 thanks uh, david and james and julian for being with us and we'll catch up with you soon on the totally football show you've been listening to the totally football show a muddy knees media production for sales and advertising email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our other football podcasts the revamped Totally Football League show with Caroline Barker and the brand new Totally Scottish Football Show Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing but then come the injuries the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats that's a little bit like life really and here at the Totally Football Show we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team through the good days and the bad and that's why we're continuing to work with Calm the campaign against living miserably a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide on average 12 men take their own life every day in the UK so that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day and part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most so if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time check in with them and let them know that Calm is there Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.